0: All right, Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Trading Bitcoin uh, with your host Tone Face. Today, I am once again joined by a co-host, uh, none other than Socrates, who recently started going by his real name thanks to the Hyperwave book. How you doing, Saw? Great. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome Hello, to another episode so of Trade right, Bitcoin uh, with yeah, your host, Home Face. Today, I am once again joined by a co host, another who
1: recently so- was open on Twitter. My apologies for that. Um, uh, yeah, thanks, me. Uh-huh. Uh, um, as mentioned, I yeah, have recently doxed and am going by my real name as part of publishing the hyperwave book, I uh, actually just got my copy in the mail the other day. So really, really, excited
0: I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't have one yet. I got, to uh, just been a little preoccupied with, uh, the virus shit and I was out of the country. Uh, but I do plan on getting it. I'll have you and Leah both sign it, but, uh, good job, man. Congrats.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll be uh, really excited for you to read it and uh, give us some feedback. We've been uh, getting some uh, good feedback already. And uh, yeah, it's been really exciting. I've been uh, working hard on that for the past year. And uh, so, yeah, that's really exciting to hold have it. that.
0: Hold, hold it up again. I got you on the big screen. Oh uh, good go. Right there, guys.
1: So yeah, the road wave of financial markets with uh, none other than uh, the late Tyler Jenks and myself and Leah put that together. So um, yeah, that's been a a really exciting uh, couple weeks to um, get that out to the public after all the hard work that has been put into it. Uh, So yeah, we'll definitely be um, excited for you to get a copy and we'll of course be more than happy to uh, sign that for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for um, everything that you've done without you, um, that book would not have been put together there's um, pretty much no doubt about that so uh, thank you very much and there is uh you are in there in the acknowledgements
0: oh yeah no thanks for the kind words thank you for throwing me in the book um, i don't think you and i have done anything since the conference basically right you put your uh, consensio workshop there we played in the poga tournament uh, i don't think we've done a video since right
1: Nope. Uh, last video was right before unconfiscatable. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely a good video that um, we did. It, it went for a while, but uh, since then we haven't had the chance to um, go on air, but that sure was a, a heck of a time had a, had a blast out in Vegas. Um, uh, the workshop went incredible. I was really excited about how that turned out and uh, w- would have been a little more excited about how the poker turned out if I would have lasted a little longer, but that was really, really cool to see you in it. If it wasn't going to be me, I, I was uh, pulling for you that's for sure
0: yeah that's right we'll we'll get to play again soon at uh at the financial summit in bali like we did last year
1: i'll be looking forward to that for sure can't wait hey, how,
0: how are you how are you doing with this quarantine man are you on lockdown what's going on what's going on over in uh in colorado
1: or where uh, yeah Colorado has been hit pretty hard Um, it was um, one of the uh, first few to really start shutting things down Uh, they shut down the ski areas like probably three weeks ago or so and uh, gyms and that sort of thing then they closed down the bars and they're not going to it sounds like they're not going to force us to quarantine Um, the governor is just strongly encouraging us to do so um, which I actually really, really like um, not being forced to do something that may be against my will, but being more um, kind of encouraged from more of like a libertarian perspective um, is something that I uh, definitely really appreciated. Uh, so I have been um, pretty much in lockdown myself. Um, there's been uh, been got stocked up on uh, food and supplies about a week ago and have only um, left the house um, about once in the last week or so, maybe twice for some essential. But, uh, yeah, I've just been locked down and uh, taking advantage this time to to get a bunch of work done.
0: Yeah, I'm on day five. Um, I'm I'm keeping track with my live streams. Uh, I'm on day five right now. I'm debating if I'm going to go out uh, this weekend to the farmer's market, if it's open, uh, to just stack up on more meat. Uh, It's debatable. I have enough for two to three weeks. But I I don't know, I I want to run out at the worst time. So uh, I'll see. I'll see. But I feel good. I haven't felt any symptoms or anything. So I kind of hope I got it along the way and it just didn't affect me because then I'll be immune. So it doesn't matter. All right. Anyway, I think it's time to jump onto the charts. Uh, We've uh, chatted long enough. uh, So let's go ahead and jump on that. Um, Hey guys, this is, oh no, this is not Socrates. This is Socrates' website, uh, uh, recently launched. And of course, uh, this is uh, Socrates' YouTube channel. Uh, There it is. Uh, You're not doing daily videos anymore, more like uh, two, three times a month now.
1: Yeah, shooting for once a week um, when I'm out, when I'm traveling, I'm uh, not, not really doing videos. I tried to uh, do a video a couple times when I was in Europe, but uh, I don't have it set up properly on my laptop. So I'm shooting for once a week uh, while I'm here at home. And uh, that's been a pretty good pace for me. And uh, Daisy's actually been joining on the last couple. So that's been cool.
0: Yeah, I know. Daisy's awesome. Uh, Daisy, I'm sure you're watching. Uh, thanks guys. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on the live chat. I'll keep an eye on questions. And um, how you want to do this, man? You, you want to give an update? And like, like everyone listens to me all day long, so uh, we're just gonna start off with you. Uh, give me your update. I'll try. I'll probably interrupt like I usually do. And let's also talk about traditional markets while they're open. So maybe kick off with Bitcoin at a higher level. Uh, what you think? Let's go through the markets, and then afterwards we'll talk about Hyperwave.
1: Sounds great to so me. So I'll.
0: Uh, I'll just give you the screen share. Uh, So let me get out of my screen share. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm actually trading, I'm I'm trading again. And uh, I've been posting screenshots just to piss off all those people that said I couldn't trade and all I do is teach. Uh, But I am trading traditional markets. I'm still keeping an eye on my portfolio, which is pretty damn elaborate. I wanna take a screenshot near the end, you know, uh, near the end of the day, like I did yesterday as well. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Hi. Yeah, saw a tweet uh, you, that uh, looks like it's been going well for you. Um saw a tweet recently uh, with um, some results. I think maybe that was from yesterday or something. Uh, but that, uh, that's great to see you um, getting back into the trenches and uh, doing some trading. That's, that's got to be a, a lot of fun for you, I would assume. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, a little while since. Uh, it, it, been uh, on the, the, so-
0: Tyler, Tyler. Actually, I want keep calling you Socrates. Yeah, trading is always fun when you're making money.
1: Yeah, that's for darn sure. <laughs> no doubt about that. And, uh, there's something about it. I mean, it's definitely no fun when you're losing, but, uh, there's something about it that really, um, makes me feel, um, alive or like, uh, really when I lose money to the markets, there's something inside of me that just, you know, really wants to bear down and, uh, you know, put in the work to to get that back. So I, um, I think that uh, trading is is definitely most fun when you're winning, but uh, when you're losing it, it can still really um, be a great opportunity to kind of improve not only in trading, but uh, as a person. So I, I, I try to, to enjoy every every part of it, but that's uh, definitely easier said than done. Uh, okay, so real quickly, I just want to walk through what I've been doing um, in this recent action, and that is um, going to be uh, just based upon the uh, MSR signals that are loading up right now, um, we did have this um, major move down that was a, um, a situation where I was very bullish um, buying this dip uh, right in here, adding on to my position that was established back in here um was really really interested in um, adding here was uh tweeting out and everything was was feeling very bullish we were coming back to retest prior horizontal we had a trend line we had the moving average Uh, it was a great setup so i did go ahead and add on to my position there pretty much immediately moved against me. Um, and I did get this close long signal at 88.40. Um, I did execute that and uh, fully exited my positions. I, I do um, hold Bitcoin long-term that I do not um, exit on these signals. So um, I definitely uh, felt the pain of this move down with uh, the HODL stash that I have. But um, for the trading uh, stack that I am uh, implementing, uh, using, to trade MSR, I was able to go ahead and execute that exit at 88. 40, cost me a little bit on this entry, but overall made uh, some money on the average cost basis. And unfortunately I did completely miss out on going short uh, at 82.37. I was on a plane uh, flying back from the Netherlands when that signal occurred. And by the time I got the chance to take it, I felt the price had moved too far. And um, this wasn't a spot where um, I was interested in taking that signal. I felt I missed out and that If it bounced back up into here, I was um, definitely going to build that position, but it just took off and moved um, too fast, left me completely behind. So I was just sitting on the sidelines um, for all of this action in here. And now I have been um, waiting for a bounce to sell. Um, This is a bear trend, and therefore, and I did miss out on my short signal. um, So therefore, I just have to kind of wait patiently, sit on my hands and the signal for me will come when price tests the 200 moving average on a bear trend. So right now I do have orders set to short from 72 up to uh, 75 Um, and that's what i will be uh, looking at if we can uh, get up into that area then i will be um, building a short position if we turn around from here i would miss out on that again Um, and if we get up there and blast right through 75 that's where i become really really interested in um, this thing turning back bullish if we can get back above 75 That would be a huge, huge deal to me and would tell me that the most, uh, it is most likely that the market bottomed and that this isn't just a dead cat bounce anymore. Uh, 7,500 is the line in the sand um, for a couple of reasons. Um, The four our 200 EMA is one of the primary reasons as well as prior horizontals. Um, As long as we're under 75, I am viewing this as a full on bear market and therefore I want to sell bounces And um, that's why I'm really interested in shorting right here is due to the risk reward. Um, If we do get back above 75, I will be um, not even hesitating to get out. I would be um, very uh, quickly executing an exit signal um, if we did get back above 75, and that shouldn't cost me too, too much, depending on what happens. Crazy things can happen and and maybe it just blows right through and ends up costing me more than I'm expecting. Um, But as it stands, I really like the risk reward on uh, selling this area. And if it does break through that 75, I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to be looking to basically fully execute a stop and reverse and go long I'm not expecting that Uh, I'm giving that a, you know, only maybe a 30% chance at this time, Uh, but with everything that's been happening with the feds and uh, the money printing um, and this nice capitulation that we got, I'm really um, starting to um, become very interested in the idea um, that this was actually a a bottom opposed to um, just a place that needed to revert to the mean.
0: Gotcha. Hey, the, 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 EMA Star, uh looks a little different than the last time I had you on the stream. It's a lot cleaner now.
1: Yes, I uh, just actually published a big update the other day and um, <clears throat> a uh, new programmer has uh, come on board. Uh, his name yeah, is I know. I,
0: I think I was hanging out and having dinner with him on my uh, recent travels. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you sure were. Um, So yeah, you uh, shout out to Johan. Thank you uh, very much for all the hard work that you've been doing. Um, This is really a very, very important update that I'm really excited about um, because the biggest problem with this indicator was that people using it didn't uh, have a good understanding of where the stop loss was going to be. Uh, you just have to wait for signals. Basically, if you get an open long, you you open it there and you have to wait for a close long before exiting. And the benefit of that is it really helps to keep us away from getting chopped out, getting trapped out on these wicks um, that come down and white people stops out before continuing. Um, So it's, that's a big benefit to it, but it's really, really bad to have somebody get a signal here, but not really understand. Is this a 5% risk? Is this a 20% risk? Um, And that was almost enough of a reason for me to just keep this to myself because I personally have a really good understanding of what the risk is going to be and I can estimate it really good myself. Um, But to share what the stops would be at with other people, I would basically have to give away the code. So that was something that was a big problem that I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to fix. And that's what this um, blue, what I uh, am referring to as the ocean, uh, comes in. It is estimating our stop loss and that allows us to understand risk and more properly determine position size. Um, So the median of the ocean, uh, referred to as the buoys, um, that is the marker where you really expect a stop to occur. If you break down the median of this, then you are strongly expecting a stop to occur and you should be really ready to execute a close uh, long signal. As long as you stay above that territory, there's still a really good chance that um, it's just kind of a, a trap or a shakeout before a breakout. Um, So that can help you be prepared for upcoming signals and it can also help you to determine uh, risk and position size. So if we go to this signal here, 8158 is where we signaled long, we can look at the difference between uh, the signal and the buoy, and that tells us the estimated risk uh, at about 16% there. And then it trails. And again, it's not a hard stop loss. It's on the books, but it is a very, very good estimation of essentially saying at what price would we need to get to um, for moving average crossovers to occur. And that was a really hard um, formula to figure out. And again, uh, I don't think I would have been able to figure it out without um, Johan. So uh, thanks again for everything there. And yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. And that allowed us to get uh, this together, which basically um, tells you right away your position size and you can adjust it. Um, it's really a handy tool. Um, you can come in here and sell it. What's your bankroll and what do you want to risk uh, on a signal? Uh, 2% is a good rule of thumb. Uh, so that's what is set at by default. So, say we've got a $10,000 bankroll, um, it is telling us that right now, if we wanted to go short, The risk would be about 25%, and therefore the max position would be 8.2% of our bankroll, which is $822. If we went short and got stopped out up here, we would lose about 2% of our bankroll. So that's a a really handy addition to help people understand really quickly um, what position size to take so that they're not risking more than um, a a reasonable amount of their bankroll.
0: All right. Very cool. And um, so can you just explain that blue band uh, in general? uh, That's not the SAR itself.
1: No, it is. uh, It is not the SAR itself. It is um, basically um, uh, the, the biggest part of it is estimating at what price would we need to get to for moving averages uh, to cross over? So when we're right here, we're kind of wondering, we're saying, all right, I'm longing here and I'm staying long as long as the moving averages are bullish at what, uh, so we would need to estimate right here, what price would these moving averages cross over at? What price would we need to get to? Um, and that's a really hard thing to kind of uh, figure out. Through experience, I've got a really good understanding. Uh, I can estimate it pretty good myself, uh, but to come up with a formula that works on all time frames that says, you know, if price gets here, then that's, uh, that's where the moving averages would be likely to cross over. And what's really neat is this huge move. We had record move on Bitcoin uh, back in October for a 24 hour move. And this um, was telling us right where um, that price would need to get to for moving averages to cross over. Like it was way far away from the price here. So it did a really, really good job of estimating um, in real time what the stop loss would be at. Um, this, this will basically tell you if price gets here, expect that stop to occur. Um, so it helps you to be prepared for that ahead of time. And that would also help you to determine the risk on that signal um, when you enter
0: all right uh very cool so based on what everything you said before this it looks like at the moment you uh, do you want to pull up the daily chart uh so we can talk about bitcoin outlook
1: yep absolutely um, so, so yeah, it sounds mo- like
0: you are staying with momentum you are bearish uh, and you are looking to time a short around 7200
1: yep 72 to 75 is where my orders are set um uh so yeah um if we get up to 72 then i will start getting filled and i will have orders all the way up to 75 and then i will be using this as my estimated risk Um, So that would be about a 10% risk is what I'm estimating. Um, So therefore, um, I feel like I can enter about uh, 20% of my bankroll. And if it goes against me, I'll lose about 2%. Um, So that's what I've got uh, is orders stacked for 20% of my bankroll to um, short Bitcoin from 72 to 75, entirely based on the four-hour chart and uh, MSR. So yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at the daily. Hey guys, Um, so
0: just keep in mind that this is a, proprietary indicator it's not available for free uh this is something socrates sells for a one year membership
1: yep appreciate uh, but you that. do
0: get it for free uh for at least a year if you come to the financial summit along with all the webinars that tyler jenks ever did all the webinars that i have done other than the option stuff and uh anything ugly old goats done so we uh we try to give you like the value of the entry fee in our products and services for the fall. If you could join us at the financial summit.
1: Absolutely. Tons, tons of value there. Um, Absolutely. And very uh, glad to, be able to offer something myself. Um, So before going out to the daily, I just wanna walk through a couple more things. Um, I have been targeting uh, the 7600 area here after this uh, ascending triangle confirmed uh, with this close here on March 19th. Um, That was a spot where I didn't long because that would be betting against the trend and I um, bet with the trend. So that was a spot where I was identifying this as a bullish setup and was giving a target of 7,600, but was only using that as a way to um, help me um, identify an area where I may want to short a bounce. Um, so seeing a target that is provided from a pattern that comes right in line with where I'm looking to sell based on the moving averages and based on the horizontal, um, let's see here.
0: Um, yeah, oh, actually, so I did point out that triangle as a buying opportunity and I would have, if, if I was in front of the market, and trading Bitcoin, like I am trading right now, but I'm trading traditional markets. uh, I I would have uh, taken that trade, but my triangle was drawn a little bit differently with a much lower target. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Because I wasn't using the four hour charts, Socrates. I was using the, um, or I might've been using the four hours. I might've been using a different exchange. And my triangle was, uh, my target was only 72. Uh, two so my target was pretty much hit, and that's because um, I didn't use the wick of the low as the bottom of my triangle, I used more like there exactly. And you lower that other part, uh, lower that side, yeah. So, so basically, uh, but I didn't have the close of the candle that low, so that's the thing, right? So, but a different a exchange, yeah. uh, the close was because you're using bitmax, so it's a little bit different. And if you raise that or if you make that line a little bit steeper, um, let's say put the left end. uh, Yep. Something like that. Exactly. And um, that's still a triangle breakout. That's how I had it. That's how it fit on my end. And that made the target significantly lower right around uh, the highs that we already had.
1: Very interesting, yeah, that's something I didn't consider because BitMEX did get um, really screwed up in here with uh, cascading liquidations and whatnot. It was trading at a big discount to spot exchanges and got a lot lower than spot exchanges. So um, yeah, being that this is kind of the anomaly, um, it it does make sense to use uh, the spot- Right,
0: because, yeah, because you can see it right there. On BitMEX, you went all the way to 35, but on other exchanges, we only went to 38.50.
1: Yep, that definitely makes sense. Um, I always do do my charting where I uh, trade. um, So that's why I'm always pretty much charting on BitMEX. But in this situation, I do um, agree with your interpretation uh, because uh, if you are to look at all the exchanges, nine out of 10 would have yours and then only this one would have mine. Um, So yeah, I I, I do like that, but I'm still very intrigued by this level up here around 76. due to this uh, being a horizontal um, that we could throw back to retest for resistance. And then also due to this trend line coming in right here above that is in confluence again with the um, moving average. Uh, So that is something that I will be continuing to kind of target that area as a good spot to um, enter into a short position. And kind of keeping my eye on a trend line here in the meantime that we have been finding some support from and kind of seeing a bit of what may be considered a cup and handle um, and maybe it would look a little bit better on different time frames. Um, but it looks like if you do consider this a cup and handle, which has not confirmed yet, if it does, um, it would also be pointing up into that area. Um, so I've been waiting patiently for a while now for to see if price can get up there. And um, that is still what I think looks most likely. We remain in backwardation. Um, we remain with shorts paying long. Uh, that's a recipe for the price going up as far as I'm concerned and that's where where I'll be very interested if we get up into the 7400 area and all of a sudden the market re-enters contango and all of a sudden uh, long start paying shorts again um, that would be very, very good confirmation um, that it's uh, the end of a bounce. And something else I'll be paying attention to, um, would love to see, is a daily nine up in that area. Um, If we Oh, you will.
0: Uh, Well, in that area, you'll definitely see the daily nine, 100% guarantee of that, uh, and perfected, no less. But uh, we'll see if it gets all the way up into that area. That'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I would really like to see. A 9 down in here isn't going to really do much for me. I guess if it's at 72, that'd be great. Um, that would be my where I'm starting to build. So yeah, this uh, 9 is very intriguing to me and, uh, you know, uh, big shout out to, to Tone System has been working very, very, very well, and really helped me to um, identify uh, what I thought was just a local top um, was right here. We were on a daily nine, a two-day nine, and I think like a five-day nine, bunch of nines popped up right here at the top. And that was a big help to me. Um, And it was kind of the inverse where we were in um, extreme contango. The futures were like at a 6% premium or even more, and the longs were paying... um, big, big premiums. Um, so we had that situation up here and then the kind of inverse down here where we, I, I consider this a nine with all, how crazy all this was. That's uh, definitely effectively a nine to me e, e, just because of how crazy all this was. And you got that when the market is in uh backwardation with uh, shorts paying long. So kind of the uh, equal and opposite reaction is, is kind of how I view it. Um, so yeah, definitely paying very, very close attention to uh, TD sequential, and um, would love to to get this nine up in my sell zone. That would be a, a, a good confirmation that it's a, a, the trend uh, that this bounce is ending.
0: All right, very cool. Hey, we have a thirty minutes left in traditional markets. Let's change gears over to traditional markets, and then we'll probably come back to Bitcoin in terms of hyperwave. Uh, but let's uh, let's cover you know the usual suspects: stocks. Uh, S&P or Dow, whatever you choose, uh, gold,
1: oil. All right, let's do it. Um, Just start with the S&P 500 here. And uh, this is a situation where I have been um, really wondering if we're gonna get some sort of uh, bounce. And really, I think a lot of people have been wondering that for sure. Because um, for me, this could have easily been that kind of dead cat bounce. Well, that- I went long there. Yep, I, I actually captured this a little bit myself too. And that's, um, I just mentioned, uh, not trading against the trend, but I have been uh, actually working really hard lately on developing a bot that's going to be doing some uh, day trading. And it's actually been going, really well. So I was able to use that um, to actually capture very near the bottom there um, and did that publicly as well. So that was cool. Uh, But that is a spot where I'm really wondering, um, you know, when like just think of the hyperwave archetype, when you have um, a big sell-off after a big move, whether it's a hyperwave or not, it is so common to get this sort of ABC correction where you get um, this bounce that gives you a lower high and makes everybody think that kind of the the bottom is in and that is the best shorting opportunity. Um, Generally I look for the big Big moves down, and then the following bounce, um, and that is just going to be an ideal shorting opportunity. And I did not short that because I was um, still looking for more of a bounce for it to be a shorting opportunity. Um, did get out of my long profitably, but um, yeah, this has been the question in my mind: is it was this this action here? or are we still going to, uh, that would be this uh, very, very, very weak bounce. And it really doesn't look like it's big enough. Um, I really um, have been expecting this thing to um, bounce. I I, I haven't uh, necessarily pinpointed where, but due to how far away the price was extended below these moving average crossovers, Um, tells me that um, it is highly likely that we're going to bounce um, back to uh, retest at least the 50 and hopefully the 200. Um, So that is a spot where I am actually still in um, some long exposure in the stock market um, that did get a exit signal on this death cross here. Let's go ahead and pull up the MSR. So um, let's see here, the uh, long, the exit long signal actually occurred here with the open short here. So right here is where the exit long occurred. And that's where I started targeting a bounce to the 50 to um, fully exit uh, the rest of my positions. And that's where this came up, uh, not even close and here, Um, a short signal came in that I was not um, when the when the signals occur with price too far from the moving averages, it negates the signal. And I have to wait for a return to the moving average, similar with how I missed that uh, Bitcoin short. um, I wait for a return to the moving average. And it means sometimes I miss out, but it's fine, because it's just way too risky for me to be um, shorting this far away from my estimated stop, which is all the way up here. At uh, thirty-seven fifty. So um, here, I have been really, really wanting to see price get some sort of bounce. And if it wasn't for this crazy environment with uh, the whole country shutting down due to the coronavirus, I would think, uh, in my mind, it would be extremely, extremely likely that that bounce would come. Um, and I would not even be really sweating about uh, holding on. Uh, but as the things have just gotten worse and worse and the country's shut shut down more and more, um, it's really made me start to wonder, was this the bounce? And now um, it's just gonna be the continued sell-off and do I have to look at taking a um, significantly bigger loss than um, originally than I would need to at any other time. Um, so I'm really, really happy with what we're seeing over these last couple of days. And I've got orders um, set to basically fully exit my positions. And if I can get those filled, I'll be um, one happy camper. And if not, then I'm gonna have to be um, watching these things like a hawk and um, uh, potentially looking to implement some sort of hard trailing stop loss at this point.
0: All right, so let, let, me, let me throw my view. So uh, can you just turn on sequential? Yep. And uh, you could have left the moving averages. They weren't in the way. Uh, If you throw on sequential, and one more thing you should throw on there, Uh, throw on the Fibonacci's from the top down to the bottom. From the top, right around that nine. I mean, there was also a nine on uh, on the S&P. Right there, off by two days. Um, Well, I would put that point right on the... Oh, but then you won't be able to, it won't extend. Okay, that's fine. Right, so I'm looking at that 38% Fibonacci. I think it's going to struggle to break it.
1: Interesting. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I think it's
0: going to struggle to break that. So if we put the moving averages back on, it's going to come up pretty short.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting read because, yeah, that would be, for me, um, yeah, coming up well short, and uh, this is a situation where I really want to see a reversion to the mean, and uh, I define that by a return to the 50, uh, EMA. So yeah, if it does reject that 0.382, um, that could be a problem um, for for me. Uh, I would want to see it get up. If it could get up to the 0.5, that would line up with the moving average quite nicely, and that would be a nice price um, for me to exit. That's pretty much where my orders are set are right in here. Um, so yeah, let me show one indicator here. Um, so distance from moving average is something that I pay very close attention to. Let's move it to the 50, Um, very important indicator to me. When price gets overextended from the moving average, then um, it is highly likely um, to revert to the mean. And this is unprecedented territory down here uh, being this far extended below the 50-day moving average. So um, this is a spot where I would really want to see this thing um, return to zero, and it's been struggling to do so but at some point it's there's two ways um, for it to revert to the mean it could just um, basically consolidate straight sideways and um, never you know maybe get up to that uh, 0.382 let's see and then kind of come down and do something like this and then the moving average can move and then here it reverts to the mean um or if it could just uh bounce up like that uh, i think that would be enough for it to revert to the mean and uh, that's where i look to um you know uh exits uh positions like this where i felt like the signal came too far extended from the moving averages
0: there, there, there's one more there right so if you um Uh, I guess if you zoom in, if you drop those, those, those guys. Yep. (laughs) uh, If you drop your annotations and zoom in a little bit. If you throw one more Fibonacci set from the low three days ago to today's high.
1: Okay.
0: If we get a pullback here and then uh, maybe double, like drop the indicator at the bottom to expand, yeah. And if we get a pullback here, right, uh, say either 38% or a little more, and then we reach the 38% Fibonacci line, let's say late next week instead, that would get you closer. Of course, this would this would have to take more than like two days. Right. We just had two right. ridiculous days. Like I, I expect the market to, I, I I've been expecting the market to pull back all day. Like yesterday I repositioned my portfolio to be more, uh, short than long. And for some miracle, my portfolio is up today. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm still not sure how it's, uh, maybe my, my option spreads are a little even complicated for myself. Like I thought I would be down, but I'm still up, uh, but that won't last. Like if, a, if today's day happens again tomorrow, then it definitely won't hedge me. Right. Like I was basically, um, I was leaning short for today and I thought the market would reverse. I certainly didn't see this giant update coming, uh, but at least my portfolio is doing okay. I got to take a screenshot before market closes for the Twitter trolls, but, um, But yeah, I'm not expecting this to continue tomorrow again. So I am looking for a pullback, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, This is a very weird market. Like anything can really happen.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think this is in a spot where I'm, uh, like I mentioned before, um, seeing some uh, more room to the upside. Um, We did just finally get a golden cross on the 15 minute chart um, that just occurred today. That's the first golden cross we've gotten on the 15 minute chart um, in over a month. And that's a big deal. If you go a long time with moving averages crossed over in the same direction, um, then it tells you um, you should get a, you know, significant reaction once they do cross uh, over in that opposite direction. So this is something I've been paying very close attention to each time we've gotten close in the past. um, We have rejected it and then um, come back down. Uh, So here I actually do think uh, a pullback is going to be a buying opportunity um, on a short-term perspective. This is a 15 minute chart. Um, I would look once we break through it and get the cross with the price extended same exact rules. I would look for price to return to the 50. Um, so right around 2490 or so is where I would be um, seeing that as a buy signal on the 15 minute. And as long as it stayed above the 200, as long as it stays above 2440, I see um, more room to the upside. Uh, so I do think that a, a small pullback here Uh, could be in the works and it could be um, an interesting buy setup just based on that uh, 15 minute chart and then when the 15 minute gets a golden cross my target is the um, one hour 200 ema so that's what i would be looking at for a um, reaction off of that first golden cross and over a month is a return to that uh, 2760 area and again that's that is right where i'm targeting to um, exit um, some of my last positions Mm.
0: All right, let's throw gold on there. I would love to get your thoughts on it.
1: Absolutely, Um, so this is something I have been um, fascinated with. Uh, Did you see the stories recently coming out about um, COMEX failing to deliver on um, some physical gold?
0: Yeah, but like, Alice, I've been listening to those stories for 10 years. Uh, I haven't seen them yet amount to anything crazy. That's interesting. Uh, We'll see what happens. There's more interesting stories coming out. Uh, It could lead to something, but uh, I'll I'll comment on it more. I need to read a little more about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll be interested to uh, hear your comment. uh, Seeing that the um, at least last night, the Comex futures were trading at a three percent premium uh, over spot. Uh, Comex futures broke seventeen hundred, and I guess spot did too. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, uh, this was a while ago, but just yesterday, uh, Comex futures were over seventeen hundred. Um, so that's uh, that's significant to me, seeing that the market is really discounting those futures that uh, after they weren't delivered, um, after they're having trouble delivering them anyway. Um, very interesting to me. Um, so this is um, a chart that I always pay very close attention to, but uh, was paying very, very close attention over the last few days and did outline um, in my telegram group as this being the, the line in the sand for continuing a bullish uh, structure. Um, if we broke down um 14.50 was the exact number that I gave, um, then it would have created a lower low, and that would have been a strong sign to me that a top is in and that gold is going to start following the rest of the markets. Um, and since we actually did create a higher low on a WIC basis and a closing basis, higher low on a closing basis and higher low on a wick basis, um, that maintained the bullish structure for me with higher highs and higher lows. Um, so this does look a little bit... Um, uh, like this could be the, the sell-off that starts the, the reversal and if this is the bounce to sell. Um, it does still kind of look a little bit like that, um, but I don't think that's the case for a number of reasons. And I am super impressed by how well gold has been holding up um, over that last sell-off. Every market in the world basically tanked and gold didn't even create a lower low. Hugely, hugely significant to me seeing that strength um, on this big move down. That is huge demand And I have been uh, hearing nothing but stories about uh, gold stores essentially running out of gold, Uh, people running to buy gold in this environment with the feds announcing they're going to print $6 trillion, uh, people wanting to trade their US dollars for gold, and nobody's able to um, sell gold to them so like that to me is about as bullish as it could possibly get from a fundamental perspective it's not just speculators speculating it's actual demand um, and that for me is a very very big deal and uh, this recent um, pullback um, not they, only did by the
0: way sorry if, if they find my bunker I'll, I'll sell them my gold at a nice <laughs> premium <laughs>
1: Yeah, for a nice premium, that's right. Because oh, that,
0: I'd rather buy Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to my uh, gold, that's for sure. And this is basically what I've been waiting for. Um, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in on uh, holding gold and Bitcoin. Um, and if anybody is selling their gold right now, it is at a premium. So that goes to tell you that it's undervalued or, or you know, uh, that leads me to believe that it's undervalued if nobody wants to sell unless it's at the higher price um so yeah not only did that pullback find support uh, above 1450 to give us a slightly higher low it also maintained uh this parabola uh kept it intact uh, looking at the weekly chart i did start looking at this down in here as we um, created this higher low that didn't really fit an angular trend line that's when i start looking for parabolas and this pullback here looks like it wicked um, pretty much perfectly off that i mean this is something that's very um, subjective, can be adjusted uh, very easily. uh, But the case remains that uh, this is intact. And that tells me um, that uh, gold is not only maintaining its bullish structure of higher highs and higher lows, but it's also maintaining a parabolic structure, which uh, tells us that it could um, appreciate um, much, much faster than uh, just a normal linear sort of structure. Um, One other thing that I want to point out, um, uh, people may be familiar with Livermore's accumulation cylinder, And I want to pull that up real quick. Um, uh, Jesse Livermore had an archetype that was eerily similar to hyperwave um, and that's something that I find very very interesting. Uh, So here's Livermore's speculative chart the all-important action of stock A. Notice how it's basically just like a hyperwave um, but with no phase one and specifically the phase two is this uh, accumulation cylinder with a widening mouth. Um, that's something to me that I pay very close attention to an accumulation cylinder with a widening mouth that is extremely bullish. It's like the opposite of exhaustion where basically every leg is getting more. Uh, each leg up is more than the last. Very, very yeah, bullish. Well, where
0: do you think we are? Do you think we're going into number eight or are we still going into say number
1: six? So let's see here. I will draw up what I've been kind of viewing this as here. So that's about it right there. Um, So we see this kind of broadening action with these higher highs um, you know, this first one's a little one. Bigger one. Uh, This one didn't quite get, I would have liked it to get more up here, but due to the nature of what's been going on with the coronavirus, um, if it wasn't for that, then it probably would have continued uh, up there, is my opinion. So let's go back to Tone's question. Um, So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think that this point could be number seven. Uh, Let's see, we've got one, two, three, four didn't quite get here. Five, I must have miscounted there. Um, oh, one starts back here at the first point. So yeah, okay. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five doesn't get all the way back. Six, uh, seven. So here, I think this one actually needs to be adjusted to uh, try to fit in. Uh, yeah, this one, uh, the the bottom part doesn't work quite as good, but that's not as important. It's actually a little bit more bullish. Uh, the top part being widening is most important to me, and the bottom part, if we're not getting all the way back to this bottom boundary, again, that tells me to maybe look for a parabola if we're not returning to a um, angular trend line. Um, so it's even maybe a little bit more bullish than a. Um, uh accumulation cylinder uh due to the fact that it is not even returning back down to the bottom and it is um, continuing to follow a parabolic trend line instead Um, so yeah this is um i think the start to a major bubble in gold
0: (laughs) nice that's good to hear
1: and Um, i'll
0: just by the way the stock market is pulling back Uh, If you want to take a look at it before moving on to, say, oil.
1: Okay. Uh. Beautiful. Yep. That is a very interesting setup here. Um, This is critical for...
0: You're on on a 15. Uh, Can you just throw sequential on there? But I'm going to probably ask you to look at the 10. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, critical That's what area. I was watching all day. If this pullback doesn't support above 2,400, then I would expect uh retest local lows and probably break them down. Um, but if we do support above 2,400, then we're in a good spot to go ahead and target that um, uh, one-hour 200 EMA. Moving to the 10-minute. And we've got... Nice pullback into a golden cross there, nine here and on a four here. So maybe another hour or so uh, based on this chart. So if you throw
0: on a 10 minute, oh yeah, you are on a 10 minute, right? So I was actually eyeing the the top of the market right on that nine around uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, I think so i was looking for a top there and uh didn't tie it i like it it kind of sucked on timing would have been perfect because if you go back to yesterday uh you can see how that nine was pretty much a top nope uh yes yeah right there yeah yeah so i was kind of eyeing that part
1: It'll be interesting to see that's uh, getting a nice reaction off that 50 it looks like Uh, trying to form a wick Uh, be interesting to see if we got a nine down around here, that would be a nice setup for me. Um, So one thing I did want to take a look at and get your opinion on tone is um, what has been going on with gold um, compared to silver. Uh, Oh yeah there's like a major decoupling happening as far as I'm concerned. And let's see, I'm trying to get uh, multiple charts up so I can show um, both of these back to back. Uh, One second. Okay. All
0: right, so, so I'll pull up your charts. I'm, uh, I'm deciding, I have four minutes to decide if I'm going to exit anything out of the market. Like, okay. I, I always want to keep everything because I'm more positioned for the for the downside tomorrow. And there's weakness into the end of day, and you know what I think about that. I expect it to continue so i may not i may not realize any gains and anticipate some downside tomorrow
1: all right well best of luck with that action and uh so yeah wanting to take a look at the major difference in gold versus silver and Uh, look at how it has been flat out decoupling here over the last month or so. Um, So notice how I was talking about how strong gold was on that sell off. Uh, Definitely not the case with silver. Let's take a look at what happened to silver on that last sell off. It took out the lows of 2016. That is a big deal. It has um, gotten a reaction back above it, but just in comparison to gold, for gold to be at a an equal spot as uh, silver, it would have had to fall below a thousand bucks to take out its 2016 lows. So that's not even anywhere close to the same thing. Uh, Gold continues to make higher highs and higher lows. Silver has been making lower highs and lower lows for a couple of years now. Uh, Since 2017, gold's on higher highs and higher lows. Since 2017, silver's on lower high and lower lows. Gold's got a golden cross with the 50 and 200 week moving averages. Silver tried to, but failed. Now it is back down here um, in the $14 uh, territory. And the most interesting chart to me, perhaps out of anything going on right now, is the gold to silver ratio, which has reached a ten thousand year high, it has never been.
0: Yep. This high and, uh, before. About, hey, hey, you want to see something cool? Turn on sequential. Yep. And uh, go to the daily.
1: Oh, look at that! Oh, beautiful. <laughs> that is just perfect. And I mean, that is absolutely amazing. I mean, that that's a serious, serious um, change. Uh, gold has been trapped uh, in a specific range here, uh, kind of under uh, about 84, from like 30 to 84 for years. And for this thing to break out in the way that it has is a huge, huge deal. And really, the only explanation that makes sense to me is that this is a result of central banks buying gold. Um, It has been in the news over the last few years that uh, China and Russia have been big buyers of gold. And they are um, investing heavily in that and um, not necessarily in silver. And for me, that could be one of the biggest reasons why we are seeing such a big difference in the um, gold and Uh, silver charts as well as this gold to silver ratio. This tells us there is a uh, big change in the supply and demand. And that is something that um, should continue to happen as silver um, is no longer um, money. It is is still valued as money and it shouldn't be. Uh, And that is um, why I would expect this to continue going in this direction um, over the years and, and decades to come. So really, really interesting chart right here. I'll go ahead and pull up oil. <clears throat> Another a very, very interesting chart. Oil, kind of like silver, took out its 2016 lows. It's been creating lower highs and lower lows here for a bit. Um, so I am going to see potentially if we can use the lower highs to draw in a parallel channel. Nope took that out right there. So that's the first thing that I do when I see a lower high is try to identify a parallel channel and that did uh, smash down right through it. Um, So there is a couple things that I've been looking at. Um, Again, a chart that definitely needs to revert to the mean um, as far as I'm concerned. And let's take a look. Uh, The 50 EMA uh, has been strong resistance on the four hour. And then when that gave up, the 200 has been strong resistance as well. Um, Here's where the crossover happened up here at uh, 60 bucks or so. Um, So that has been a big move. And therefore, a reversion to the mean is um, likely in my mind. And this is what I would be looking at is filling this gap at $40, $41 or so. And I want to check uh, daily moving average to see. Yeah, that's kind of what I would be looking at is a um, a return at least to the 50 EMA on the daily. And I would really like to see that gap get filled at um, $41. Uh, that makes the most sense to me. And we are kind of seeing a bit of a bottoming structure. Um, this is a higher low here on the four hour and this is a nice kind of B sort of spike off of um, breaking down horizontal support i uh, got a, a nice B spike and now it's kind of trying to create a higher low um, so this is starting to so- show some signs of life um, and in that situation i do want to zoom in and see what some smaller time frames may be telling me and it has reclaimed the uh, 15-minute EMAs and uh, gotten awful choppy in here, so that tells me the one hour must be coming up here uh, soon, and it's still a little ways away, so yeah, still uh, looks like um, still some time for a little bit of a, this range to continue between 27 and 22. And if we can um, get above this one hour EMA and lead to a golden cross, um, then I would expect that to lead to us um, filling this gap up here around 40 bucks. Um, so that's, that's what I'm looking at on oil.
0: Um, yeah, so with me and oil... It's not like oil is not, it's in the middle of nowhere as far as sequential is concerned. So I'm kind of frozen right now on oil. Uh, So there's not really much I can do with oil at the moment, unfortunately. I I am looking for a chart someone sent me this morning. I actually get like so many messages that I like some of them are really cool. And I check them like in the middle of the night and then I can't ever find them again, which is which gets unfortunate. But um man, I wish I remembered who sent it to. I don't think I don't think I'll be able to get to it. Damn it. It would have been good to ask you because you're a Wyckoff guy and I'm not. Um and it was a Wyckoff accumulation in uh, Bitcoin that looked somewhat interesting. Sure. Um I, don't know, I like checking my I like going through my oh, yeah. phone now. I actually did look at this. Um I think I do know what he's talking about. Was on about. a higher level scale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was on a daily scale.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was looking at it on a uh well, whoever
0: sent it to me this morning if you're watching send it to me again. I think it was direct to me. I don't think it was in a group either. Uh, So the reason why I'm not a fan of Wyckoff is because to me it feels like it has too many moving parts and it's too subjective. So it's in like that Elliott Wave category for me.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. Um, And that is something that um, I think I I don't share the perspective and it's actually one of my favorite patterns and I do notice that markets follow this pattern um, very regularly and that uh, the very specific points to the pattern um, can really help us to identify. um, Oh, I got it. I found it. Great. Shit.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Let me, now I got to get my trading view working because for some reason, um, I have problems with that. What the hell is that?
1: And I can just point out the one that I was looking at on the four hour while you get that together. Um, so yeah, uh, we did get this. Right, let, me,
0: uh, let me send it to you. Because was, now, now I can't get TradingView open on my uh, computer. Cool. So all these tech issues, man. So tell me what you think about this. Cause like I said, I'm not a Wyckoff guy, uh, but it looked pretty cool. I know a little I know a little bit about it. I, I sent it to you on Telegram. If you want to uh, throw that up and
1: screen share. Great, yeah, I will do that here. Um, I was just gonna walk through the one that I was looking at Mm -hmm. um, very quickly uh, and then I'll pull that up. So yeah, the schematic number two of Wyckoff accumulation, I do think did occur on this recent action Um, and here we'll just look for a preliminary support, selling climax, automatic reaction, secondary test, um, and then a higher low that follows. Uh, So here we do have um, preliminary support Selling climax, automatic reaction, secondary test, and then it creates the higher low. And then after you um, break through that horizontal, you would um, then look for. I guess, depending on how you're drawing it, I think like that. Um, then you look for a pullback or a consolidation as our signal of strength here in phase D. After we get the higher low and break through horizontal resistance, uh, look for a um, consolidation to give us the signal of strength. Um, and that is um, could be definitely considered that right there for sure. Um, and then now you look for that next stage of markup uh, to again get us back to that area we were uh, looking at before so let's see if that's kind of the same one he was looking at I think so I'm pulling that over right now.
0: Uh, we can see your monitor so don't dox unnecessary things
1: All right.
0: <laughs> like everyone you're talking to. <laughs>
1: um yeah i think this will be fine uh okay so let's see here uh this is actually a 60 minute chart and that actually may um, look better on the one hour but yeah this is the exact same schematic that i was just looking at um i guess his preliminary support i would disagree with i would much prefer that preliminary support right there but um, that's not a problem uh, selling climax uh, on high volume very nice automatic reaction secondary test I wonder if we got uh, on the one hour uh, another secondary test. It's possible, and uh, no, nope, we didn't. Uh, so yeah, uh, one hour or the four hour. Still, both of them uh, look look nice, and um, yeah, I would definitely consider that uh, a Wyckoff accumulation that confirmed uh, with this kind of signal of strength, the buying opportunities are the uh, last point of support. And uh, then that pullback uh, into the horizontals. Uh, so yeah, pretty, pretty nice Wyckoff. I would definitely like to see this take off more than uh, its struggle around this local high. That's not too good. And is really starting to kind of show some little bit worrisome signs with this lower low here um, and potentially a lower high. So, Definitely a good time to pay close attention to the charts. That's for darn sure. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, Stop share.
0: All right. Um, Anything else? Uh, Maybe I can, uh, I guess I should probably throw some of my screen share on uh, real quick. Take a look at the markets. Um, Once again, uh, I am joined by Socrates. This is his YouTube channel. Uh, You can subscribe to his. You can subscribe to mine. Uh, Please go ahead and go for it. And uh, Socrates will be joining us at the Financial Summit in Bali. First week of November, we are both fully assuming that this whole uh, COVID-19 virus uh, will be long behind us. um, I will also be in Malta. I don't know if Socrates is going to join for understanding Bitcoin. He is, of course, welcome. Uh, And if you guys want to support, uh, please use the affiliate page. Uh, if you're gonna trade, buy a bit, deribit, uh, social trading with Three Commas. I also have Vitoro, LVL. Uh, I use the Embly card. I love it. Uh, of course, there's Trading View and other stuff. Okay, let me just quickly go through the charts. I did it this morning as well. I'm not gonna look at the long-term stuff. Uh, the weekly chart to me is in the middle of nowhere. I needed to either get back below this moving average and Fibonacci line at 56 or I need it firmly above this $7,200 area, which was the prior level of support. That is a similar area that Socrates is looking to short from this, uh, actually that's more like 72. This is closer to 68 where we are now. Uh, so this entire zone is kind of one in the same. Uh, Socrates is looking to short this area from my understanding, I need to see, that I, I personally, I'm not looking to short from this area. Uh, my trading is done a little bit differently. Um, I would rather short confirmation. Um, I don't like, uh, let's say shorting into there unless there is a nine. And ironically, there is a nine on the daily, but I would need it to spike. Uh, if there is a big rise tomorrow in Bitcoin, and then I see a major rejection, uh, that would make it interesting for me. Um, All eyes tomorrow on this eight coming up. I'm not going to look at the lower level timeframes. Ooh, the premium on GBTC came down today. Interesting. Very interesting. I totally missed it. Uh, So let's see what happens tomorrow. If Bitcoin pulls back down a little bit and the premium comes down, that would be of potential interest. Um, hey, so what do you think of the shitcoins? Uh, what do you think of the Bitcoin dominance?
1: I think um, it's, it's looking really good. The one um, silver lining out of this action that we've seen um, over the last week or so is that um, people did have a little bit of a flight to safety uh, into Bitcoin. Um, I mostly follow uh, ETH against BTC and it sold off um, pretty significantly. Now it's back down at uh, 002 Um, and, uh, it, it was there for a while, really, um, looking like alts were in a position to, uh, regain some significant value on BTC at the beginning of the year. Um, the Bitcoin market cap dominance started creating lower highs and lower lows and potentially that, uh, horizontal that tones got drawn was a very important level for me as well. Um, so it it was really starting to look like, um, alts were going to be gaining, um, um, value against Bitcoin over the first half of 2020. And I was um, long alt and uh, against US dollar and Bitcoin due to um, the bullish nature of the trends. And seeing that um, turnaround after this last move is a very, very good sign. If we would have had that major sell off and Bitcoin lost dominance, that would have been really hard for me to understand, um, and a really bad sign as far as I'm concerned. Um, So um, that's uh, another thing that kind of makes me inclined, uh, uh, interested in the idea that we did bottom, is that now um, that Bitcoin is rallying against alts again, um, more money is flowing into BTC than alts. Um, That is a situation that I really like seeing and is um, really good for the long-term health of uh, Bitcoin, of course.
0: All right, uh, let me go through, through real quick. Uh, hash power, not going to talk about it. Um, just for some reason, I like looking at my own charts. Yeah, uh, gold, I'm going to wait till the end of the week to really comment. Same thing with silver. We already covered all that. Um, see, oil's like in the middle of nowhere on the daily sequential and also on the weekly sequential. It's a bit in the middle of nowhere. So I'm just staying away from oil at the moment. Uh, markets really pulled back. Uh, at the end of the session. Uh, so that's interesting what's going to happen going into tomorrow. I want to get to hyperwave, So that's why I'm kind of rushing through some of these. And uh, all right, it's a doubt jump. Okay, so uh, so uh, hyperwave. I guess let's start with the Bitcoin hyperwave. Uh, here's how I have it drawn. It's a little bit, you know, the Bitcoin hype. I, is it just me or is it like, the more time goes by, the more difficult it is to draw phase one, two, and three on Bitcoin, even though the history doesn't change.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I've definitely taken a very, very close look at both of those blue lines that you have drawn because that completely changes the hyperwave depending on where you draw phase one. Um, and there is um, somebody who I really respect. His name's uh, Gabriel Harper. He's in the hyperwave uh, telegram group, and he is drawing it um, with that bottom Uh, horizontal, which uh, there's a lot of valid reasons to do that. And then that makes the purple um, your phase two. And there's actually kind of a way to adjust that a little bit such that it uh, touches this recent action, um, which is very intriguing. Um, Gabriel had that drawn that way in real time. Uh, He didn't have to adjust it um, and it it came down and touched his phase two. So that kind of made me intrigued um, with that idea. And uh, I still myself am using the top uh, phase one to draw uh, the uh, phase one. And then that means that this purple one doesn't qualify as our phase two. And he must have been using some of those wicks. Or no, no. Yeah, I'm you not could sure. have
0: been using a different
1: um, exchange. Yep, potentially potentially uh, because yeah, uh, like you see, we couldn't have those closes below. uh... I am
0: using, I believe I'm using the BLX. I'm using the index. If you use a single exchange, it's possible that his would have been a little bit steeper.
1: Okay. Um, So yeah, I think that there's definitely valid reasons to have that as your phase two. And if that is the case, then um, it's still possible that it it could turn into a funky hyperwave. It's only needs to return to phase one if it breaks down phase two. Um, So it is a very intriguing idea and uh, all of the rules would be met um, by drawing them with the phase one around uh, 700 or so. Um, But I still am myself um, uh, inclined uh, to use the interpretation of the thousand dollar phase one and then that means the phase two broke down in 2018 yeah that, that you're green what what you have is the phase three that would be my phase two and uh, that broke down and now tells me that um, there's no more possibility of a funky hyperwave um, but if you know, five years down the road, we maintain this support above the purple line and go on create a new all-time high, I'm going to say that my interpretation was wrong and that uh, that one's the correct one. All
0: right, what do you think of my view that because hyperwave is taking a really long time to get back to phase one, should you not almost double the value of phase one due to the halving? And that takes me back to this chart, because unlike other assets, uh, the Bitcoin having creates, what the hell is it? This situation where minor, I mean, there's just less supply in the market. So not only like, unlike other assets that Tyler has always been uh, utilizing for HyperWave, Uh, I mean, everyone knows inflation, you know, the more money government prints, the more, you know, inflationary all of these assets are, whether it's Apple stock or GE that was around back then uh, or whatever. But in Bitcoin, there's an additional supply shock in that of the halvings. So now that hyperwave is taking more than four years to get there or will be taking, uh, it'll go through the halving period. Uh, from the actually it has taken more than 4 years to go from phase 1 into phase 7 and potentially uh it could take 8 years going through two havings and the first having pretty uh started like a year before like the having took place like a year before the hyperwave kicked off hyperwave a hyperwave kicked off um no, I guess you're 2015, so it was a few years past. But in any case, um, what do you think that going down to the $2,000 area after the halving completes the hyperwave because of the nature of Bitcoin?
1: I think that's a really intriguing idea. And I've been given that a little bit of thought um, since first hearing uh, you say that. And um, it's something that, um, as I thought about it, I don't think. Tyler would um, allow for a change like that because um, I, I do remember him uh, being very adamant about phase one being a horizontal line and the price never changes over time. But you're right that Bitcoin is um, completely unique in the sense that it's the only asset um, that, that goes through this halving. And therefore, um, it's a very reasonable argument to say that um, that having could affect um, the, where the phase one, um, should be drawn. So I, um, I've thought about it and I don't have a strong opinion either way. I'm very intrigued by that idea. Um, I myself am, am keeping my phase one at a thousand. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to have to give that some more thought because it's, uh, it's, it's an intriguing idea and it, and there are, uh, there's a lot of merit to it.
0: Yeah. Because also look where it goes into, right? Because right here, we probably also had a hyperwave in Bitcoin um, during the 2013 bubble. And the 2013 bubble, you know, it came down uh, to about 150. And uh, there was a like a mini bubble before that, which had totally reached uh, this one. But right here... You know, this other bubble back in 2011, the price went all the way to 30 bucks. Now I know we didn't fall down to 60, which would have been that doubling because this is having passed, uh, because it, it, it's gone past the having. But I, I think because of Bitcoin's insane stock to flow ratio, somebody, one of the people in the Hyperwave research channel may wanna try to do some analysis because the longer the time goes between these things, like try to put that stock to flow ratio into it. And perhaps this here going down to 150 actually completed that hyperwave and assuming that your horizontal line was around $30, but the stock to flow ratio was so bad that that is like almost the equivalent of an asset that could theoretically have infinite amount of, uh, shares or whatever, infinite amount of liquidity. And maybe this could also apply to something like gold because I always anticipated gold would come back and retest the 1980 high of $800. And that's why I always thought that gold would go lower. But once again, for that gold stock to flow ratio, uh, maybe gold going down to 1050 satisfies the gold hyperwave in the, due to the stock to flow.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really interesting idea. And um, yeah, I think um, may, maybe um, gold could be a corollary that we could look at. Because um, yeah, to do any analysis, it would be difficult since uh, Bitcoin is like the only one that has. So it'd be really hard to try to, to um, find much confirmation. But potentially gold would be a, a good option. And um, what I'm thinking is that the stock to flow doesn't change that much with gold I could be wrong um, but on, uh,
0: well Tyler, I agree with you but remember 1980 to 2011 is 30 years right uh, a okay. gold factor flow doesn't change year to year but on a 30 35 year scale it adds up
1: okay that's interesting, um, and especially with the technology and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a very interesting idea that I will have to think about more. Um, one thing I can say is that we did examine this uh, closely in the book, and one of uh, uh, probably my favorite chapter in the book is the hyperwave spectrum. Um, it starts on one end with uh, what is not a hyperwave, but is very, very close. And then on the other end, it's um, what is the most perfective hyperwave we've ever seen. And um, on this end of what is not a hyperwave but is very close, if you could leave it on this chart for just a second, um, this one is, uh, this chart right here that we're looking at, um, this is about as close to being a hyperwave as you can get without it actually being a hyperwave. Reason that this isn't a hyperwave is that it doesn't have seven phases very similar to Litecoin in 2017. It's got the structure and it really looks like it is a hyperwave, but it goes straight from phase two to phase four. Um, it goes, uh, it breaks out of phase one, then you get a nice phase two, but then it just takes off uh, like a 90 degree angle into a, a phase four. So this only has six phases. And that was something that Tyler was very adamant about is that all hyperwaves have seven phases, not six and not eight. Um, so this is one, uh, this and Litecoin are two. I,
0: are- I, I, I kind of have a drawn with seven phases, mm, but that's, that's also because... I'm ignoring this rise. So I have my phase one uh, here and it's perhaps not long enough.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, now we're getting into the really fun things about hyperwave um, where it's, uh, there's good arguments to be made on either side. And that's a really interesting um, perspective that I hadn't, um, I, I don't think we considered this. And this could, be considered valid. I mean, it is a very short phase one that only kind of, you want phase ones to be long and you also want them to test the top resistance multiple times. So it definitely isn't an ideal phase one, but I don't know if that would be enough to disqualify it. Um, So yeah, it's really interesting that maybe that would be enough to put it on just on the inside of the spectrum of what is a hyperwave, but the worst example that we can find, that could be a a good option for that. Um, Because yeah, having that extra phase in there does give us seven phases. The phase one leaves a lot to be desired, but is that enough to disqualify it? I don't, I don't know. Tyler always did say the most important phase of a hyperwave is phase one. So if your most important phase is leaving a bunch to be desired, maybe it is enough to disqualify. Um, but when we get on this um, end where it's very um, murky, where one person could say it is, one person could say it isn't, and they could both be right. Uh, they could both have very good reasons. Um, so that's a situation where maybe I'd argue it isn't, maybe Tone argues it is, and, and we could both be right. <laughs>
0: All right. Um, I, I thought I had a chart of the stock market hyperwave. I don't, I should probably draw one, but if you have one handy, I can hand screen share back to you. Um, anything in traditional markets, it could be a particular stock, like an Amazon, which, uh, or Netflix. I mean, Netflix is clearly, uh, this whole Corona thing is helping Netflix. So while a lot of us thought Netflix completed its hyperwave and Netflix was due for some disruption, with a lot of competitors, uh, it's not that far from new all time highs. So there goes that idea. Uh, so what's your view on the traditional markets these days? Do you have a hyperwave on traditional markets?
1: Um, yeah, I, I do. And that is a very, very important topic that I forgot to cover when I was looking at the S&P. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, if I'll go ahead and put it back on screen share myself. And uh, just drawn in these lines real quickly. Um, apologies. Wow. So that's a
0: really big one. So you're going back to, oh, by the way, so I saw a chart of the S&P that takes it back to like 1800s on trading.
1: Really? What uh, ticker do you know?
0: Um, I'm gonna about to find out. Hold on
1: that i love those long history charts i know because
0: i have the dow i have the dow going back to i think 1920 or something uh in my dow history so i have my dow history chart i'm sure you've seen it that one begins in 1915 just like two years after the fed let me see if i can get that s p chart um that goes back really far but uh Uh, but, uh, go on with your analysis. And if I get that thicker, I'll give it to you.
1: All right. Um, so yeah, uh, the S and P is the biggest hyperwave that we have ever seen in terms of, uh, length. Um, this started, uh, basically broke out of phase one back in the early eighties and has been, um, in a hyperwave ever since. And it's a bit of a, um, unique one in the sense that, um, it has taken multi, it's got multiple phase threes here. Uh, we break out of phase one, we establish phase two, and then we enter phase three in the dot-com bubble and break that down and perfectly find support at the phase two after the 08 crash. Um, so that gives us, um, keeps the phase two intact, and then we start another phase three. So this is perfectly um. Uh, okay and well within the rules and well within reason there will be when you enter phase three 85% of the time it will go on to enter phase four and there will be 15% of the time where it breaks down and out of that 15% sometimes it's going to find support at phase two and reestablish a phase three uh, this happened with Boeing actually like four times it had to try to establish phase threes um, so what's most important here is that we have now broken down My phase three. And this was something that was very, very important to me. On this big sell off here, I was really wanting to see a sharp reaction off of this trend line. Every time that we've touched it or gotten close to it in the past, it has caused for big moves to follow. And that's really what I was looking at here. Um, Still, maybe not fully understanding how big of the repercussions we could be looking at from uh, the virus. Um, So I was still mostly um, concerned about my technicals here and really focusing on this line. This was my line in the sand for staying bullish, Um, similar to what we were looking at with gold. Uh, If we could maintain support here it would give us a higher low um, and it would keep this very value uh, very very important boundary intact whereas if we broke it down now we've got a lower low and now we uh, have violated phase three which means the target becomes phase two uh, and these things are right on top of each other so let's me pull this out and what price phase two would be at would be entirely dependent upon how long uh, it took to get there if it's fell there tomorrow it'd be down here at 900 if it took um, you know four or five years uh, then it'd be up here around a thousand so it's pretty darn interesting that hyperwave is uh, and completely coincidental obviously but uh, hyperwave is calling for around a thousand in the S&P and calling for that in bitcoin as well
0: (laughs) all right let me grab screen share real quick and I'll share the ticker with you
1: uh, right. um i did have a couple stocks i wanted to pull up but uh, do you want okay, me to so, so
0: keep it there okay so he- here's what you do here's what you do um, oh, I mean, yeah, you can open like a new chart or something you can do do save as. do um uh, you're not being cheap like me you actually pay for trading view at the moment right
1: uh yeah i've, I've got the full version <laughs> right, so, so just uh, do a
0: save chart as and save it like a historical SP because you're going to change the ticker so i don't want you to lose
1: your hyperwave lines I already deleted them. I don't. I'm bad at saving. Oh, you those. don't care.
0: Okay. Um, so if you just type SPX again, but don't click the first one that shows up. Click the that one.
1: Yeah, and
0: it has data going back to
1: 1871. Wow, that would be so cool. That would uh, give me. a But lot it's to-
0: end of day data. It's not intraday data. So if you start zooming wow. in on that, you just get
1: like one point per day. That is so cool. I'm going to have to go back and uh, check this out. How neat is that? I mean, that is really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Definitely going to um, have fun looking into that. That's for sure. And a quick tip uh, for charts that look like this, uh, throwing on hankanashi candles makes it look a whole lot better. It it will clean all that out. Um, Oh, yeah. So I wanted to yeah, take a look. Um, Amazon and then uh, Netflix are two that are really interesting to me because I'm wondering if also um, this is going to be good for Amazon, if uh, if they're going to start uh, fulfilling a lot more shipments and, uh, maybe getting more customers who were, you know, just going down to Walmart, uh, in, in the past. Um, so this is one that's been super interesting to me, uh, because again, it is a very nice, uh, hyper that was like a
0: beautiful hold of phase three, man.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, go ahead and get these lines up here and I do need to get better at, uh, saving these, but what are you going to do? Um, So yeah, this is just a textbook uh, hyperwave that absolutely is on the kind of perfected end of the spectrum that we were uh, talking about earlier. Uh, So let's see.
0: Does it bother you that phase three is significantly longer in time than phase two?
1: Yes, um, it does Um, and that tells me that potentially what we could be looking at as a funky hyperwave and that's actually a really good observation uh, because it's very subjective what um, phase this could be in and and you saying that I think uh, helps me come to my conclusion because um, what will happen with hyperwaves is sometimes they get extended from the phase lines and you don't know is this phase four Or is this just an extension from phase three? And that's something that um, we were looking at uh, with Tyler um, for a long time, trying to figure out, was this phase four? Uh, Because if it was, then this looks like a nice five and six. And then we were wondering, would this maybe be the first six that gets above phase four? When it didn't, now it became really likely that this was five, six, starting seven and for once you start seven uh, the target is phase three and if you can find support from phase three and go on to create a new all-time high what you have is a funky hyperwave and that um, resolves the problem of the length of phase three because now if we draw this in as phase four Those are perfect sort of proportions. Phase four is just about, um, uh, you know, about the same as three and two. Um, And since they're steeper, it's a little bit less time. So these proportions and angles would be perfect. And then you get, uh, again, um, what is pretty much, not textbook, but uh, definitely well within reason for a five, six, seven starts. And if it finds support at phase Three And creates a new all time high. Now we have a funky hyperwave and now it's not a problem with this um, length in relation to phase two because funky hyperwaves that's how it'll happen is the, the phase that provides the support to make it a funky um, will be way overextended compared to the others. So that is um, what I'm trying to decide is this uh, phase four, or is it just an extension from Phase three? Um when I consider the proportions, that tells me that this is a really nice phase four and that we just created a funky hyperwave. and uh, it looks like this recent action may be good for Amazon as well. And let's take a look at Netflix very quickly.
0: So oh. Uh, Oh, wait, 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 the can you just zoom out this to the beginning of Netflix?
1: Uh Netflix or Amazon? Sorry, Amazon. Yep.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I was going to say, what about a crazy idea where that line that you're debating is phase three is a potential phase two, but I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I I like, this is a real nice phase one here um, and a clean break to phase two. So yeah, I really like how the two and three are drawn and real nice um, with that support off of phase three there. So yeah, that's a very, very interesting chart and a very weird setup right here. I I can't remember my, uh, this sort of like H pattern or something like this is just a weird, weird setup. Um,
0: It it is, it is. But it's also, we're in a weird time, man. I really wish Tyler would, help us guide through this corona insanity
1: man you and me both ain't that for sure um all right so yeah this one uh same situation where it really looked like uh so we had our uh, somebody
0: somebody in the live chat mentioned that they are drawing an ascending triangle on netflix i don't see it by looking
1: at this I I actually am drawing that myself Um, so yeah it's a bit of a weird one because it's uh, it's too
0: weird because like unlike Netflix which reached its high like yesterday or like just a few weeks ago Netflix reached its high like early last year so they're kind of divergent but it's like they're equally weird just on different sides of the of the last two years
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely Absolutely, and I do think that this is a pretty, um, this This meets the rules of a um, ascending triangle, at least up to this point. It's weird to have to kind of lop this off to the side, but if we do take that away, now it's, um, you know, higher lows, horizontal resistance with no closes above, uh, three tests here, two here, almost a third here. Um, yeah, yeah, But, but actually, it
0: can take another year and a half to a breakout, so it's like... Uh... It's like nice that you can draw it, but it's almost useless for your trading.
1: I would take the other um, opinion and say that um, for me, a, a big, big um Uh, part of my profitability is protecting myself from ranging markets and that's where I think patterns can be very very useful when you recognize patterns um, it tells me to kind of stay away from these moving average crossover signals because they're going to be um, very choppy when we enter um, sideways when we enter ranges um, then the moving averages are just going to get really choppy and ranges are usually um, defined by patterns. Um, So if we can get good at recognizing patterns and uh, also setting alerts. um, So this is where I would be looking at not being interested in taking any signals as long as we're stuck in here. And that might save me a lot of money over the next couple of years. Um, and then what else I can do is set an alert on this and set an alert on this so that as soon as um, it's violated, now I'm ready to go. And I don't have to worry about what's going on maybe uh, over the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, I definitely do think it is uh, important, at least for me to be able to identify patterns. Um, even if they aren't going to be tradable events, uh, they can become no trade zones. Um, and yeah, this is a, another one that is, um, very interesting from a hyperwave perspective. Um, let me see where we would put these lines. And what happened here is a much kind of cleaner um, five and six and seven and here's that seven so what we can see is the seven let me make sure i draw this right as the seven uh this did close below phase three um so that did Tell us that um, phase two is now the target and we should not be able to create a new all time high without at least returning to phase two, Um, and that's going to be way down here in the kind of $150 uh, ballpark uh, to 200 depending. Um, So that's um, really intriguing that um, could something like the coronavirus um, be enough to stop this hyperwave from uh, reaching its target and send it on to new all time highs, which this pattern makes it look, you know, like that's very, very reasonable. And a big, big change like that, um, like that coronavirus, um, that could be the perfect setup to cause something to disrespect that rule of a phase seven, not being able to create a new all-time high, um, unless it's from support on a phase three or a phase two. So a uh, really interesting chart here for me. And that's uh, about all that I got. Um, uh, you want me to send it back your way. You got anything else or about wrap it up or almost at two hours now. up oh, don't know what happened uh, click stop screen share and now I'm not seeing anything um, not hearing anything either maybe tone got disconnected. Uh, I think tone up oh, there we go there you are
0: Oh yeah, I lost internet there for a second. Then come back.
1: All right, well, I just uh, had finished up with what I was wanting to cover. So that was not a problem for me. (laughs) All
0: right. Um, Yeah, let's just maybe go through some questions and then wow, it's been a long stream. Um, I got a bunch of questions. Uh, Thank you, uh, Bitcoin motorist for shooting those over to me. Let us see where we can go through these fast. Maybe we won't even have to pull up charts. Um, I'll ask it and then maybe I'll answer it and then I'll get your take or the other way around. Uh, Well, this one is to you. Uh, Would this book be good for beginners?
1: Absolutely. Um, definitely uh, there is a introduction to technical analysis as part of the intro um, so that people that really don't have any um, understanding of technical analysis at all should be able to um, read this and get everything they need to out of it Uh, because all that you need to know for hyperwave is trend lines and candlesticks Um, so if you can understand uh, what a candlestick represents and understand uh, what trend lines are um, then that's really all that you you need to implement hyperwave um, so yeah it is definitely um, good for beginners um, from that perspective and also I think it does a good job of kind of giving a bit of a um, background of the situation that led to these um, hyperwaves. Hyperwaves are very very rare and right now we're getting more than them than we've ever gotten in the past um, so kind of diving into the underlying uh, macroeconomics of what may be going on there um, will also uh, potentially help some people understand um, more about uh, Bitcoin and and gold as well. So definitely a good thing for uh, new people to technical analysis and new people to Bitcoin.
0: Okay, Um, we're not going to look at this, but maybe for you, Tyler, someone is asking to look at the 233 uh, exponential moving average on the weekly. So uh, I don't know if that's a number you look at. I don't know if you want to comment on it. Um, You're the exponential average guy. I'm more of a simple moving average guy. Uh, I also don't like picking these moving averages like after the fact. Like if they're not using them in real time, then they don't matter.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that perspective, um, for sure. And, um, that's something that I, uh, agree with that you kind of need to pick something and, uh, stick to it. Um, but I do, uh, see a lot of merit in the, um, in that one, uh, the 233 day, uh, that was just recently shared by, uh, Fibo Swanee, who is a technical analyst who I, um, really respect. And uh, yeah, I'm just pulling oh, that, that up. That's
0: who asked the question actually.
1: Oh, is that right? Well, great. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just pulling up his chart here to show um, the uh, key, uh, the times that it has acted as support in the past. It's not something that I really pay attention to, but when I see a chart like this, I do, um, you know, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, so here he shows that back in 15, it held perfectly um, twice on two attempts before the major run up. Um, and then here we're getting some wicks off of it. So seeing that is very intriguing to me, um, but I do agree with you that um, since I'm using the 200, I, I don't really want to also use the, the 233. I don't want my chart to have like 50 moving averages on them, um, but I, I think he uses the 233 because it's a Fibonacci number, and that's something that makes sense to me, is if you're going to use your uh, your moving averages based on fibs, um, like say uh, instead of the 50-day moving average, you're using the 55. Um, I think that's why he uses those and uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, and so, yeah, I always keep an eye on that, but I don't use that myself.
0: Um, so some people joined late. Um, in case you guys hear me call Socrates Tyler, his real name is Tyler. <laughs> uh, you'll see it if you look at the book. Uh, so uh, I, I, I'll try to keep calling you Socrates, but uh, if I don't call him Tyler, it's because his name is also Tyler, guys. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we have another question. Do you, uh, this is a hard, it's a really hard question to answer, right? Because it forces you to say yes or no. And I, I'm gonna answer the question before I say it. My answer is, I don't know. Here's the question. Uh, do you think the daily, uh, do, do you think Bitcoin will rally into the daily def cross and i'm going to pull up uh, pull it up on my side and it's right here here comes the def cross uh the short term i'm using the 50 uh the blue is the 200 uh here's the def cross we're still pretty far away from it do i think we're going to rally into it well it's actually impossible to rally into it because tomorrow we're crossing and i don't think we're going to go up you know $2000 in price tomorrow we could I don't think we will so um, the question is will what will Bitcoin do I would like to see Bitcoin touch a moving average here uh, which one is it gonna touch I don't know maybe it'll touch the cross at 7800 uh, maybe it'll hit a 9 1 to 4 day correction enter the countdown phase but if it does enter the countdown phase to the upside it's actually pretty likely to go above 8500. So, uh to answer the question, do I think Bitcoin will rally into this move into this move an average cluster? At the moment it doesn't feel like it will. But my real answer to this, I have absolutely no idea. Uh,
1: so for me, um this is what we're seeing currently is rallying into the death cross. Like for me, I don't need the price to actually touch the moving averages. Um, But when we broke down to like four grand and we're way below moving averages that still have a bullish crossover, um, it tells me that it's highly likely, just like I was talking about in the stock market, it's highly likely that when we're below moving averages that have a bullish crossover, there's going to be a bounce. And that bounce is going to occur while the moving averages cross bearish. Um, So that is what I've been looking for is a bounce up and into um, that moving average crossover. And for me, we're getting it. Um, If we would have just consulted consolidated sideways from 4,000 to 5,000 while those crossed over that would have been um, not a bounce into it and would have made me made me, made me believe that we weren't going to get it. Um, but this action right here is exactly a bounce into the death cross as far as I'm concerned and exactly why I'm viewing it as a shorting opportunity. Whether it gets to 82, um, I don't know uh, myself. Uh, if it does, I'm actually gonna be turning pretty darn bullish because um, I'm looking at 75 is where things start to shift for me. Um, so what I'm expecting is this to bounce up and into about 75 and that that is a big reason why I'm selling it is because it is a pull up and into a death cross even though it may not quite get to that price and it may be significantly far away like a couple thousand the point is we still just rallied um, you know a big rally uh, not uh, basically 100% on BitMEX and that is a pull into a death cross for me.
0: Um, all right no i agree with that and we're already we're already like you know 60 percent back towards that dev cross it feels should be like more than 60 percent but we've already gone pretty far so now we're almost pushing it so um yeah can you just pull off the book one more time since i have you on camera you got it boom there it is there it is guys and um uh, I, I think i think we're a little tired for this question at least i am from like i i i've been going to bed early i've been up at like you know uh 6 a.m eastern time uh, getting ready for markets and stuff uh but i'll read the question and uh check the distance from the mean on last two recessions I'll look at the weekly with the 200 simple moving average from 2008 and 2001 uh thoughts i i think this is too complicated of a question i don't think i'll be able to look at it um but i thought i'd read it anyway uh bitcoin's on a daily death cross what do we think about that i think we already discussed that uh someone is saying people are underestimating this crisis i'm not i i do i do need some more meat um uh, export bans yeah no i still think the markets can go down uh a little further in the stock market, but they've already fallen quite a bit. Uh, silver is an industrial metal, no demand out there right now. That makes sense uh, as to why it decoupled so badly. Uh, there's not going to be that much industrial demand for silver, but there is still, you know, gold bug and money demand for gold. Um, okay uh, okay, that's it. We're good. Um, we've got almost two hours, man. I, 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 I think it's good to end it. Sure. Uh, um, Hey guys, uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, I'll try to bring you another one of these with Socrates. Uh, I don't know, sometime next month. Uh, I've been doing a lot less. Uh, and man, it's like, uh, uh, it's becoming, uh, Risky to have like people on your show because like you are like responsible for them So I don't know how many more guests I'm gonna have on these days uh, After all of the incidents that we've already had uh, so uh, We're gonna stick to it and uh, I'm gonna keep bringing in the shows I'm planning to do a Bitcoin lore review tomorrow So I got a lot of homework to do tonight uh, To prepare for the lore review I'll probably bring you a market show tomorrow morning. I am still trading uh, every day, all day. So hopefully um, I can use this opportunity to you know, beef up my retirement portfolio a little bit. Uh, Tyler, you're still trading every day. Uh, Socrates, you're still trading every day. And uh, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And I'll see all of you guys on the next one. Any closing thoughts?
1: Um, no, just thank, uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure and, um, yeah, we'll be more than happy to, uh, come on uh, sometime next month. If we can figure out a time, uh, make sure to get yourself stocked up on, uh, some more meat.
0: Yeah. And, um, Hey guys, come join us in Bali. Uh, saw Socrates will be there along with many others. Uh, check out the site. If this is something for you, come and join us and, uh, we'll talk to you all on, the next one. Bye guys.